welcome to the Field Log Podcast, weekly reflections for the Warrior King to help you master yourself, fulfill your purpose, and conquer the day. I'm your host, Marcian Sicario. Field Log, Day 72. Don't eat the moldy bread. About a month and a half ago, I was driving to church and I was, you know, sort of daydreaming a little bit, just thinking through things. I, I, I'm the kind of person who does that a lot. I think a lot. And one of the things I was thinking about is, I just, I don't know how I got to this thought, but I got to the idea of moldy bread. And I remember reading, and I wish I remembered where, but I remember reading that by the time you see mold on the outside of bread, that bread is, like, that bread is gone, right? Like, that's the late stage sign. It's like, if you imagine cancer, for example, right? There might be cancer in your body, you don't know, and then by the time you get like spots or something, like it's already way too late. So when bread molds, the mold, it's, it's in the entire loaf. And then eventually you start to see patches on, you know, little spots on the outside. And then you think that the mold is localized there, but it's not. Something like cheese, on the other hand, is not porous like bread, right? The mold will just be in the parts that are moldy, so you could, in theory cut off the moldy piece, and eat the rest of the cheese. Now, would I do that? Absolutely not. Um, I, I'd be too paranoid about food poisoning. I've had it once in my life. It was awful, and I'm never playing that game again. That being said, as I was thinking about this little story, and you was just sort of thinking about it, daydreaming, I realized that it's actually a relatively good metaphor for how you should approach certain kinds of situations in life. So the metaphor essentially is supposed to reference this idea that by the time you see certain things on the surface and you think you might be able to carve that away, it does speak to something internal that might be more deeply rooted and you might not just be able to you know, get rid of. For example, I know that wasn't very eloquent, but let me explain what I mean. For example, if you're let's say, part of a club, right? And if you're listening to this podcast, you're a Christian, you're a cradle Christian, you have to be, probably Orthodox, preferably Orthodox. But if you're part of, if you're, if you're thinking about becoming part of a club, like let's say a yoga club, right? You might think, oh, yoga can be super Hindu and spiritual and new age and I'm going to stay away from that. But there is this secular yoga group at my gym and it's going to help me get more flexible and get some more balance and those kinds of things. So I'm going to do that one and it's completely neutral and it's not going to impact me in any way. Wrong. Very, very wrong. And here's why. Yoga does not mean physical exercise. Let's start there. For many years, God forgive me, I was into Hindu philosophy and theology. I practiced this stuff. I went to temple. I was the only non-Indian person at temple. People would come up to me and they would say, hey, how's it going? What's your name? And I would introduce myself and they would say, are you here for a school project, right? Are you here for like a newspaper article or something? No, I'm, I'm here like you. I'm, I'm worshiping. That's how committed I was to this, right? I was a complete outsider in this community. They were very friendly. I'll give them that, right? I'm not saying they're bad people. But I practiced this. I read the texts, right? And one of the things about Hinduism is that there are six generally accepted schools of Hindu philosophy. One of those schools is called the yoga school, right? And what, what makes it a school is that, it, you know, it'll have unique theology, right? Maybe it's monistic, maybe it's atheistic. They have atheistic schools. Maybe it's polytheistic, right? And um, what they teach about the reality of being. For example, if you think about 
a school like Vedanta, right? There's one called Advaita Vedanta, which means non-dual Vedanta. They teach that nothing is real, right? It's your classic solipsism. Solipsism is just this philosophy that the only thing you can know is yourself and you know nothing else. They go even beyond that, if you will, like even the self is an illusion. And nothing exists, right? God is really just a metaphor, nothing exists. And then there's another school, and this was the school that I was a part of, uh, called Kashmiri Shaivism. It's a type of Shiva worship, right? Shiva is one of the deities of Hinduism. And they basically also were monists, but they teach that basically everything is real. And it's kind of, it's, I'm, I'm describing it very poorly, right? And it's, it's been a year since I've talked about this stuff, thankfully. But I'm just trying to illustrate the point that there are different schools, they teach different things, right? We're not going to get into detail here. That being said, yoga is a school of Hindu philosophy. It teaches certain things. It teaches certain spiritual, quote-unquote, truths, right? Things they believe to be true. What people call yoga in the West are asanas, right? Asanas are a particular practice that comes from yoga, and I think the literal translation is just postures. That's what yoga is, right? What people are calling yoga is asanas. Now, you might think that you can have the asanas without the yoga. You cannot. It is fundamentally built in. It is in the fabric, in the essence of the practice to lead you towards yogic views and yogic spirituality. This is a perfect example of the moldy bread. Right? And I'm actually going to, I'm going to put a talk by Hiram Monk Seraphim of Patina, Seraphim Rose, in the footnotes, who has recently, I think, officially been canonized. So I think I can call him Saint Seraphim now. And I've always felt that he was a saint. Saint Seraphim, I'm going to put a talk of his below. It's like 12 minutes or so. He talks about why Christian yoga is, is a complete heresy. This is a perfect example of the moldy bread. You can't say, I have this whole thing, this yoga thing, this yoga philosophy, and I see parts that are contradictory with Christianity and then parts that are not, and I'm going to just carve the parts away that are contradictory and then keep the good parts. Right? That's not to say that there is no wisdom to be learned in, in other philosophies, right? In, in Christianity and Orthodoxy, we believe that some parts of God's wisdom have manifested themselves in non-Christian context. For example, there's a famous icon of, I think it's called the, the Greek philosophers or something like that, that depicts Greek philosophers like Aristotle and Plato and those guys without halos. Of course, they're not saints, but they're depicted in the icon because they were just earnestly seeking wisdom. And of course, we know that wisdom, capital W, wisdom is Christ, is the second person of the Trinity. So a lot of their thoughts are considered very useful. Now, that being said, something like yoga is designed as a spiritual practice, right? These asanas are designed as a spiritual practice. And just because you're taking out the ohms and the the Hindu music and everything, that doesn't mean that you can divorce it from that, right? This is the kind of thing that takes a lot of discernment. I strongly, strongly urge you to talk to your spiritual father about this if you have any kinds of questions at all, right? I'm not an authority on this. I'm just using it as an example. That's what I mean when I say don't eat the moldy bread. You have to be very careful when you have certain situations in life, right? Certain things you might do, certain people you might meet, certain things you might have, where you think that you can just take away the ugly bits and then everything is just completely isolated from one another and you can keep all the good bits, right? This is not usually the case. 
Another example of this might be a person, right? Let's say you're in a relationship with somebody and that person has certain bad habits and a certain history. For example, it's just an example. Let's say the person you're with has cheated in the past, right? Been unfaithful in the past. Let's say the person that you're with is maybe very flirty with people of the opposite sex, right? Is very into getting attention from those people. Maybe wears very immodest clothes, right? And that line is can be different for some people. Certain contexts make it different, right? At the beach, you're in a bathing suit, of course. But if, and then at church, you need to wear a dress that's, for, for example, for women, that's below the knees. And if you're a man, you shouldn't be in church in shorts at all, right? Let's say that person has those kinds of qualities. And let's say there's a lot of them. You start dating and then over time you start saying, hey, like it makes me really uncomfortable when you do this. You get a little bit of pushback. You argue about it. After a month or two, she says, fine, you know, I'll, I'll stop flirting with guys. I'll maybe start dressing a little more modestly, whatever, whatever the example was. And then things change like one by one. You point it out. This is a problem and it maybe changes, maybe doesn't, but let's say it does. You would be well served to think about are, are, are we removing the symptoms or are we actually tackling the root cause, right? Is this, is, <laughs> is she cheese or is she bread, right? That's basically what we're trying to figure out here. Like, is this like an isolated habit that she picked up, right? She likes flirting with guys. It makes her feel pretty. You told her you don't like it. You think she's beautiful. And then she accepted that. And then she's started being more neutral with men, right? She didn't be unfriendly, but, you know, stop flirting. Or does it speak to the sort of, deeply rooted quality of always looking for options and always having one foot out the door in a relationship, which if you're in a committed relationship, you should be in a committed relationship, right? No, it sounds like a play on words. It's not meant to be a play on words. If you're in an exclusive committed relationship with somebody, of course, order towards marriage, that's what Christian men do, then you have to be committed to each other. And whatever your boundaries are, that some of that I'm sure is up to you, right? And this is, of course, also the kind of question you can ask your spiritual father. That being said, I would imagine that, like, for example, I don't mind when a girl I'm with is friendly with another guy, right? It, it, it kind of does depend on your definition of flirting too. But if they're telling jokes and she's laughing and they're like high-fiving and stuff, that doesn't bother me. Like, I'm not, I'm not scared of that. At the end of the day, if he can take her, he can have her. That's how I see it. Right, Either she was unfaithful to begin with, good riddance, or he's a better man than me, and then I have to accept that. It can be very hard to accept that, but you have to accept it. But whatever your lines are, whatever mold is to you, right? this is just an example, you have to ask yourself, right? when the visible signs of something go away, is the underlying condition still there? Let's take another example. Teeth whitening, right? And this is very, very stupid, but it's going to get the point across, and that's the whole point here. When you whiten your teeth, you're bleaching the front. You're bleaching the parts that people see, right? If you've ever done teeth whitening treatments, and I'm not against them per se, but you're bleaching the front and then the back right behind the teeth, that color stays the same. So whatever discoloration you've had, and discoloration isn't necessarily something that's bad about teeth, but it, it can be a sign of, of bad oral hygiene. And that is bad, right? If you're not brushing your teeth, you're not flossing, but you're bleaching your teeth all the time to try to make them look good. That's not going to help you. Or maybe let's say you have bad oral hygiene and then your breath smells and then you're just always chewing gum. So the mold, the visible mold is gone, but the underlying issue is still there and that's unhealthy for you. So when we're saying don't eat the moldy bread, the long way of saying that is really that when you have visual indicators, explicit indicators that are 
let's say distasteful to you, right? Something bad. If that disappears, you should double check. You should ask yourself, has the root cause disappeared? Another example I'll give you is from a couple of years ago, many years ago, when I first started getting into weight training, I think I was 20 at the time, right? And I was already deadlifting something like four plates for reps. And I was running a type of program called Bulgarian training. It is high intensity, high frequency, low volume training. So you're basically squatting six days a week, you're benching six days a week, and you're deadlifting maybe once or twice a week just to sort of keep the form up, but the squats will translate to the deadlifts. Point being is you can do this for short periods of time. You have to make sure you're getting lots of sleep, lots of food, but it's incredibly taxing on the body. But you can, the first time you do this, you'll make some incredible gains, right? You can add like 40, 50 pounds to your squat in maybe three or four weeks because you're perfecting the technique, right? This actually is a great example of what we talked about yesterday, which was master your tool, right? You're really mastering the execution of the squat. Well, I ran the program too long. I was doing Bulgarian training for like five, six weeks. And every time I left the gym, my legs would just really ache. It wasn't soreness. It wasn't pain. It was this deep aching in my legs. And what I would do is I would get home and I would take a super cold shower and that would make my legs feel fantastic, right? The pain would go away. And there's a reason for that. The cold water reduces inflammatory markers. And I've talked about this before. I've talked about this in the Warrior King training protocol. Never take a cold shower after training because you need those inflammatory markers for recovery and for muscle growth. They signal your body to grow that muscle. So what I was doing is I was masking the pain, which was speaking to me about an underlying issue, which was overtraining, right? I was pushing deep into overtraining territory. And guess what? I kept doing that and eventually I hurt myself. So I cut the mold away, I ate the bread anyway, and I got sick. Right, is it starting to make sense? I know it's, it's an idea that I'm sure you haven't heard before, especially because the m- metaphor I'm using is just literally something I came up with. But I'm, I know that the idea is foreign, but is it starting to make sense? This idea that you don't want to be concerned with the surface, you want to be concerned with what's under the surface. Right, you want to think about even if the thing that visually alerted me to the problem has disappeared, does that mean the problem's disappeared? It doesn't have to be visual, right? In the case of my leg story, it was physical pain, right? Touch, sensory, pain. So generally, you want to stay away from things where you've seen the mold, right? Maybe, I'll use another example around women. Maybe you meet a woman and you're talking to her and stuff and she says something offhand. That's like a big problem, right? And you might ignore that, right? It might never come up again. So it's like you've cut the mold away. But it might speak of something more deeply rooted. And an example of this would be something, maybe she makes fun of the Christian faith or something, right? She uses that classic joke that people use that's incredibly blasphemous. I won't repeat it here. Something about the the man in the sky, right? You know what I'm talking about. I won't repeat it. She she makes that remark offhand. Finds out you're a Christian, holds her tongue. Because she doesn't want to offend you. And that's good, right? That the instinct to not want to offend people, to not rub people the wrong way, that, that makes you very considerate and that's good. So kudos to her for that. But if she has this view of God, what does that say about her character? And is that something that you're willing to work through and talk to her about, right? Maybe this is someone you're interested in. She has a great personality. Otherwise, you just think she's misguided. Or maybe this is a kind of situation where you're like, I'm not going to touch that with a 10-foot pole. This is the kind of thing that we have to think about as men, right? As warrior kings, especially as men living the warrior king life. 
you don't really have the luxury to take on something, to do something, to be around something that's bad for you because high performance is really important for us. Right? If you think about your average man, and as I always say, I'm not disparaging these men, right? Everyone has a different calling in life. But if you think about your average man, maybe he has like five, six hours of free time every day. And that, to me, that sounds like a crazy luxury, even on Saturdays and Sundays, maybe on Sundays, but on Saturdays, I don't have that kind of free time. Six, seven hours a day. And then one day he finds out he has to work another three hours every day of that week. He's still going to have three hours of free time. So something that's sucking his time away, and in this case, it can't be avoided, but the argument stands, something that's taking his time away like that, he's not going to feel that pain. We will. Right? If something is draining your mental energy, right? You're in a relationship with somebody who's maybe very argumentative or is taking away your spiritual progress. So you're feeling worse every day. You're less disciplined. You're less motivated. You're less joyful and loving and humble and forgiving. Something that's sapping your resources, a fungus, right? Mold in the bread that you ate, something you consumed metaphorically or maybe even literally that's bad for you might set you back a good bit and you can't afford that. Right? That's what we're talking about here. This idea that if you have an indicator that something might be bad for you, especially if it's something serious, run. Right? Don't be around that. Don't, don't subject yourself to that. Right? A friend of mine invited me to go do some secular yoga thing. Right? Acro yoga, it's called. And at first, I was like, nah, I really shouldn't do that. You know, it's yoga. And he's like, no, this one is completely secular. There's nothing fishy about it at all. Like, they don't bring up anything, anything remotely related to Hinduism. And I thought, okay, maybe I'll do it. So, you know, I tentatively agreed. And then I saw that video from Father Seraphim and thank God I haven't gone yet. Now I know that I absolutely can't do that. So these are the things that we have to be careful of, right? So at this point, you have to ask yourself, how is this knowledge applicable to me? Aside from just being a 20-minute warning that if something looks bad on the outside, it might be bad, like rotten to the core, right? It might be bad on the inside. What can you actually do with this? Well, what you should do is ask yourself, First of all, do I have a tendency to take care of the surface and then not worry about what else is going on? Do I have a tendency to, if I'm having pain, take ibuprofen, right? I personally don't like to take painkillers for that exact reason. What's my body trying to tell me, right? And if the pain gets really bad, I will take it, right? I'm not some sort of, I'm not trying to puff myself up or anything. So like if, if certain pains get really bad, I have occasionally been known to take painkillers. But usually if something's in pain, I ask myself what's wrong right? Like I want to know the root cause. I want to fix it, right? If my leg really hurts after a leg workout and it's really bad, I won't take ibuprofen. I'll do mobilization and try to alleviate the pain that way. And then ask myself, why am I hurting today of all days? Am I not resting enough? Am I not mobile enough? Am I overtraining? What's the issue? So I, when, when you see mold on the surface of something, metaphorically, when you see something that rubs you the wrong way, something that gets your alarm bells going, I don't want you to say, okay, let's change this thing. It's unsightly. I don't like the way it looks. I want you to say, what is this indicative of? Right? Try to remember this. Try to remember this. I'm going to keep repeating it. I want you to listen through this whole episode to try to let this soak in so that the next time you do this, you'll hopefully remember to ask yourself, what is this saying to me? Right? If you're in a relationship where the girl is hot and cold all the time and, you know, she has some sort of tantrum or breakdown or something, and I know I'm, I'm picking on women here. I really don't mean to be doing that. It's just a good example. And this happens like once every three weeks or something. So she, she has some sort of tantrum and you try to figure out what's wrong. You get to the root cause of it. You try to fix it. She starts to calm down. 
everything's fine, it happens again in three weeks. Is that indicative of a deeper problem, a deeply rooted problem? Is it indicative of that? Ask yourself that, right? This is really hard to say, right? You might be really hungry and you can't go get food right now. There is some bread in your cupboard or your fridge or wherever you keep it, right? I know some Americans keep their bread in the fridge. And there's mold on it and you cut it away. Just, I'm really hungry. I want to eat this. You want it so bad. You're willing to take something that's bad for you. You can't let that happen. So reflect on this. Look at the areas in your life, right? As usual, you can do this. You can take inventory. That's very useful always. Take inventory and try to find out, do I have a tendency to do that? And if so, where am I doing that right now? Are there certain things I'm overlooking? Do I have certain friends who do certain things and I tell them not to do it and then we get over it, but maybe that's a more deeply rooted problem they're having? Ask yourself that. Don't allow yourself to eat the moldy bread. It's not good for you. You can't just cut the mold away and then everything's fine. Look deeper. Right? Let this change the way you approach these kinds of situations to try to understand root causes for something. We've talked about something similar before, deconstructing, right? This idea of getting to the first principles of something, getting to the root cause of something. It's called root cause analysis. If something went wrong, don't band-aid over it. Try to figure out what made it go wrong. And if you start doing that in your relationships, in your training, right, in your work, in all areas of life, when you see something that rubs you the wrong way, if you start to look deeper... You're going to stop a lot of problems before they happen. And that's going to make you a more effective man. That's it for this week's Field Log. If you like what you heard today, you can follow this podcast on whatever platform you're listening on right now. You can also rate the show. That always helps out a lot. You can find me on Instagram, threads, and TikTok at marcian.cx for Field Log snippets, art, philosophy, and training-related content. You can also visit the website at marcian.cx for much more of the same. I'm still working on consolidating the Warrior King content into the Marcian.cx project. So check back at the website soon for the new and improved Warrior King training protocol, which is going to include supersets and my updated supplement recommendations. There's also a 2024 goal-setting guide on the way, and of course the Warrior King newsletter. If any of that sounds appealing to you, the links to everything are in the show notes below. It's all free, and as always, conquer the day.